Ty McDowell, thank you so much for taking time to sit down with us and to have this crucial conversation about leading a godly family. And we've been spending a lot of time with our families now, right? A lot of time in our homes, a lot of time around our spouses and our kids in ways maybe that we haven't had before. And so um, I think this is a really important conversation. So thank you for taking time to jump in. No problem. It's an honor to be here. Well, so start off by just telling us a little bit about your upbringing and you know did you grow up in a godly environment what was it like for you growing up what kind of family environment were you in okay well yeah it's great to be with you and yeah my family was not a godly environment they didn't go to church um my parents divorced at when i was before i could remember so it was a broken family and my dad and mom loved me the best they could and the best they knew how they weren't really fathered or mothered very well themselves so they didn't have a good example so I have two brothers and two sisters and uh, there's four different fathers and the same mom okay and I grew up without a lot of attention and a lot of discipline so I was kind of a wild child as a boy and had a police record before I was nine and stole lied cussed I had a really bad mouth and really a wild child yeah that's amazing, and I, I know a little bit about your testimony I've heard before, and I think that's why this in, in conversation I think is so important because uh, oftentimes we don't have great backgrounds, oftentimes because our parents didn't have great backgrounds, and it's easy to think I don't know how, I can't or don't know how to lead a godly family, and I think you're an incredible mm. example of the goodness of God mm. that you didn't have that background, but you're now leading an incredibly godly family. And so I'm um, excited to hear more about that. So well, tell us about your family now and yeah. your kids and yeah. Okay, well, I have, my wife's Rachel. We've been married 26 years okay. and uh, going on 27. I have four kids. My daughter Mandy's 25. Okay. Uh, my, do- uh, my daughter. I have three boys after her. M- Micah is 22. Micaiah's 19. And Moses just turned 17. Awesome. Yeah. All right, good. So you've gone through the baby and the early kid years, yeah. and now you're helping them move into adulthood and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Okay, good. Well, so tell us, what were some, who were the people that helped shape mm-hmm. you? You didn't grow up in a godly family, so it's clear you got insight and wisdom, certainly from the Lord, but who were some of the people that helped shape how you parented and led your family and and what kind of advice did they give to you thank you that's so good yeah um there's the person as far as a family right before i got married god spoke to me to move in with this pastor but not to go to his church and he was pioneering a church he was in construction i worked for him but i remember for three years i lived with him and i just watched how he treated his wife yeah. and how he treated his children so i think having examples in our lives that we can Think I would. His name was Lance, and I would think for a while after that, for years after that, what would Lance do? And now, like with Don, yeah. so many times I think, what would Don do? Yeah, I love <laughs> so people are great examples. But some of the most impactful things for parenting for me when the kids were little was, uh, and you people may not agree with everything in these books, but the Ezos mm-hmm. have these books, Growing Kids God's Ways, Baby Wise. You know, it talks about having good boundaries and and healthy for a healthy god-centered home yeah and uh, just one of the practical things that i remember from that book growing kids god's way that really impacted me there's two things one was not to have a child-centered home and i think as parents i we can swing from being really disciplinarian or just spoiling our kids 
And this was basically uh, fostering your marriage being the priority. And uh, one of the things that they said in that book that really tweaked me at first, but I really saw it come true, was that when there's a child that's really overreacting, really rebelling in a season in their lives, especially little kids, it was amazing, and they're really needy and whining and throwing tantrums and things, they said that children need to see a husband and a wife together talking really amiably and, and gently. They don't have to be hugging and kissing or praying, or but just peacefully talking, and they call it couch time. And they said, it's amazing to see how children who are somewhat rebellious, somewhat you know whiny, will all of a sudden, their spirits and their emotions will just pe- become peaceful. So we tried that, and it worked. Like, we have four, our kids were all pretty high-strung, <laughs> strong-willed, and it's like, what? Where's the compliant one? I think our fourth is a little more so, but... We would tell the and it's basically sitting in the middle of the kids, not going off alone, but sitting there in the living room on the couch saying, oh, no, 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 this is daddy and mommy time. And we're just sitting there talking for like 10 to 20 minutes at the most. And the peace that that brought was amazing. Wow. Because if you just cater to the kids' needs and it becomes like, as parents, you're just focused only on them and they don't see you focusing on each other, it brings instability. And it's amazing that that, that actually works. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So um, let me see. The other thing is the book To Keep Your Love On, Danny Silk wrote, and that is known for marriages, but he wrote another book that's about uh, to keep your love on for related to children, related to parenting. And so I learned late in my life, but this has been the most helpful for the teenage kids, but I'm sure, because I didn't read it when they were young, but the goal of parenting is not to get your kids to be compliant, mm. but the goal is to be connected to them. Wow. And it's and he does a provocative uh, thesis in the beginning, just saying most parents who are godly want, the goal of their parenting is the kids would respect and obey them. Mm. So they respect and obey me, they'll respect and obey God, they'll be all good. But he said the actual goal should be connection. And I realized I sacrificed many times in my disciplining compliance over connection. It's like, well, they'll work it out. We'll be friends once they settle down. But I sure did good job disciplining. You know, they got what they deserved. And, you know, um, anyway, I could quote all the Proverbs, you know, the rod of discipline drives it far from if that's teaching discipline or actual. But the thing that... um, he mentions the goal of raising kids is that they would walk in total freedom. And I thought, what is that? And what he means by that is that they'll, they could actually go anywhere and face any temptation, any trial, and they have enough self-control built up in them that they could withstand that and walk in freedom uh, from temptations. And if we focus on compliance and creating all these rules and just like control them, then when they're out of our control, they'll go crazy. And that's the story of a lot of Christian kids. And the statistics are terrible. You know them better than me about going to college and 70% or something don't go to church and they go off the deep end. But it's because they were given freedom as they grew up. Mm. So the goal is that they would actually be given more and more freedom based on their internal self-control right. would equal their external boundaries. So I, they need boundaries externally, but the goal is I want you to grow in so much self-control I could take that boundary away and you'll self-govern. That's amazing. So that's a transformative way of yeah, thinking and we've been doing that and it, it's borne great fruit. 
It's amazing. Yeah. That's really, really powerful, helpful uh, insight. So uh, as you're looking on your time parenting kids, what, what do you consider some of your biggest wins as a parent? What are the things mm. you feel like you, you did well at or excelled in? That's a great question, because uh, uh, mentally you always think, oh, man, I failed at that. At that. <laughs> like, uh, well, I'll just say that I'm thinking about it. You know, one of the things, I was an angry parent. Because of my lack of love and my lack of parenting, uh, being parented well, um, I would get so mad. I, I thought I was pretty godly. I grew a lot, and I, I, especially before I was married, I was like, man, I am pretty amazing. <laughs> like, I'm a loving guy. I'm generous. I serve the Lord with passion. I'm friendly to everybody. Yeah. And then I got married, and I was like, whoa, I'm so selfish. I'm so rude. I'm so, like, angry. And then and I was like, okay, I'm working this out. And then I had kids, and I was like, they're pushing all my buttons all the time, and and my, even my son, you know, I don't say this, it's painful a little bit to say, but, you know, later on in life, like when he was 12, 13, he just looked at me and we're talking about, I'm saying sorry to him. And it's like, dad, you used to be angry well, and, and you're not anymore. And it kind of humbled me like, oh, even my kids remember, especially my older two. And so I had to grow in my intimacy with God and receiving his love which gave me more grace and patience to my kids. So I want to encourage anybody who struggles in, with anger, you can overcome that by receiving the love of God and getting healed. Yes. Because hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so unfortunately, I, I did hurt my kids some. And the, the thing that I would say that really um, brought healing to them, and I think it's the two most important words in marriage and with children, is I'm sorry and I forgive you. And I learned I needed to be the one as a dad initiating the I'm sorry, which is so hard for me. Yeah. So I studied to go into law before ministry, and I was like, I can, I can defend myself really good yeah. and prove why they're wrong. Yeah. And, uh, but when I say I'm sorry and I mean it, it, it brings healing. It's good. And, um, and a love, I love James where it says, a love covers a multitude of sins. So I always think, oh, I messed up. And then I think, you know what? I'm just going to love them like crazy now. And it works. Yeah. It's like it heals them. So I love it. Well, so uh, you maybe described some of that, but just what are, you, yeah. what are some of your biggest, ch those challenges maybe um, that you had, at, you know, as you're bringing your kids up? Yeah. I'm sorry. I actually, I'm going to go back and share something about the wins because I shared the anger. That's yeah. what I was going to share about <laughs> But so let me just continue this. Yeah. I, one of the things that we learned it, for raising our kids was we did soaking nights. Yeah. We call them soaking nights. On Sunday nights, we would put on soaking music and our kids would, we'd set a, an atmosphere of God's presence and then ask them to wait on God and get pictures, words, with their Bibles, get script. And we taught them to hear their voice since they were young. And we just did this family rhythm and we did it this last week. We still do it. It's been 20 something years. And even our adult children coming home were like, you know what, you're free, you're an adult, but you have to join us with soaking nights. Like that's our family culture. And that's cool. you just don't go on a date with your girlfriend on that night. And so that's been a big win where I see now my kids hear God's voice mm -hmm. and they encounter his presence, which I think keeps us, especially as a child growing up into a young adult, if they're connected to this presence and hear his voice, then, it's it's genuine relationship and it's not just 
organized religion. So that's been a win. I've yes. seen it bear fruit, a lot of fruit. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. And then uh, let me just say that the challenges, um, we moved to a new, I think moving and transition is always hard. And so I don't know if anyone who's moved, sure. but you all moved you a few bet. years ago. Sure. But we moved from Hawaii here and my daughter was 12 and friends were everything. And she went through some depression and um, my, it was challenging for my wife and my older boys. I was excited to move and new things in ministry, but that was, um, that was really hard. And we actually had to seek counsel. And so I think it's okay to go to counseling. Yeah. That's really a key. And we sought counsel and it really helped us. That's so good. We got healing, we got clarity, deliverance. Um, and then financial stress. I remember in our family, that was a really challenging time. We built our dream house in Hawaii, trusted God for money. We had this ocean view. And we, after like six months, we realized we were over our head and it sounded so great. We built it. We had all this one-time gifts and then our, our monthly income didn't match all our bills. And I started kind of fudging and not paying off our credit card every month. And it just built, built like $11,000 in debt. And all of a sudden I'm like praying and the Lord said, move into a one room studio with all four of your kids. And we did that for two years, wow. rented out our house wow. to get out of debt yeah. and we got out of debt, but it was like super challenging. Oh. So I want to encourage anyone who's been shaken, even in this time with losing jobs or yeah. having to downsize that the Lord met us. And if you ask my kids, that was two of their favorite years <laughs> ever. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. So anyway, those are, that's amazing. Challenges. And I, we, I, even just a few weeks ago, we had a conversation, um, where we were, uh, we actually sat down with a Christian counselor and having that conversation. And I think, you know, it could be a stigma with even the counseling thing, but finding people to come into and help you see what you're walking through and as those emotions are coming up. And so it's so good, again, a godly example of leading your family well and saying, hey, we're gonna, this is what we're gonna do. So yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So, well, uh, I'll, we'll get into the dirty okay. stuff, right? So, how do you handle when you fall short when you fail or when you maybe you've been impatient or whatever ways when you fall short how do you handle that and um yeah and what do you do what's your response it's so good uh i think i shared my falling short a lot of times was getting angry yeah. or blaming or defending myself and which shuts down connection so i've learned you know just to be slow to speak uh, I don't always do that perfectly, but I've learned I, as the spiritual leader, need to be the first one to stop defending myself, to say I'm sorry, as I mentioned before, and then love covers a multitude of sins. But one of the other things that probably hits me right away is a lot of guilt and shame when I sin. Sure. And when any sin, but especially with my wife or my children, it hurts me so deep. Because they're, they're the ones I want to see thrive the most sure. in my life. And so... Yeah, I think dealing with the guilt and shame is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And just going to the Lord and, and receiving His forgiveness and His cleansing, confessing. And then if you're carrying any shame, I think confessing to someone else really breaks off shame. Yeah. It sounds like it wouldn't. It sounds like it would give you more shame to admit. <laughs> but when you admit to someone else and they pray for you, it's like that lifts off. And then going back to your children or your wife without shame and without guilt gives you you're, they can feel it's genuine agape love that comes and not this I'm gonna make you I'm gonna fix this and I'm gonna kind of force you to reconcile with me because to make me feel better you know it can be almost selfish sometimes we're like 
you better be okay with me because I'm not going to be okay until you're okay with me. It's almost codependence and that is messy. Wow. And then you both can really, depending on how you treat each other, that makes you happy or not. And that creates a train wreck. So dealing with my own, like, oh, the Father forgives me, he accepts me, I'm loved, I'm blessed, I'm a godly man, not because of me, because of Jesus. Then I go in and talk to my wife and I actually will act godly. <laughs> <laughs> and I will actually be loving to my kids, not because I feel guilty. Because the guilt-shame motivation cracks. Yeah. And you get really angry right after that. You, you know. Bet. So anyway, that dealing with guilt and shame has really transformed me, actually. Yeah. It's like that song, Holy Water. It's like your grace says something about your grace is really the only thing that helps me anyway. You know, it helps yes. us really grow in our character. Yeah. It's receiving that forgiveness. So It's so good. I... And, and, this is just one of these core principles. If you're going to lead your family well, it just starts with your own personal freedom in Christ. Your identity totally. in Christ is the centerpiece. That's yeah. what you're describing. Yeah. It's just you got to go get your identity again so that then you're operating out of a completely different place. It's so powerful. It's so true. It's so good. Man. So good. Well, um, if you were just... Uh, oh, no, before we get to that, I, what are practical things uh, that you did to help your children develop their relationship with God. You, you mentioned the soaking mm. nights, which I think is a yeah. brilliant thing. And, and um, But just any other practical applications and things that you guys did to help your kids develop their mm. relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I think, you know, the kids will do, they know if you just say, let's go to church because you guys, we have to. And then the have tos, it's like, feels like homework. It's like, man, I just bear with this, checked it off. But if you genuinely as a family and you as a leader, a parent, want to go to church and are, and are enjoying it and pressing in, your kids are going to look at that and go, I want to go to church. So I think modeling a lifestyle of intimacy with God, wanting to invite others over and then genuinely loving them and genuinely caring about them, then the kids are going to, oh, love your neighbor. You know, all just exemplifying everything. And I remember even with outreach, you know, we would do, you know, I mean, I think it's important to reach out. We have some of our team right now reaching out to the homeless, you know, doing the food bank right now. But my kids grew up with kind of outreach to the poor being giving hot dogs at a park or doing things. And sometimes the homeless, you know, were, oh, they, they complain about how come it's not steak and how come it, you know. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, you know, the gospel, it's about feeding the poor. And even preaching the gospel to the poor, I was like, gosh, altar calls are amazing. But I want to go. So I took my kids places where they saw the real lost and the real broken and they saw real power. Mm -hmm. and that was why I took them to Africa first time to Iris Ministries. I wanted them to see the real poor. And, and they were shocked, but we were able to feed the poor. And the poor was so happy and it was so powerful. My kids got transformed in Africa because uh, they saw these kids with nothing were more happy than all their friends who have everything in Williamson County. Yeah. But they also saw the power of God, these you know, demonic you know, witch doctors painting their faces white and we're preaching the gospel and they're getting saved and we're praying for them. Wow. So I think including your kids in your spiritual life, yeah. in your spiritual outreach, it doesn't matter if you're a missionary or a pastor, like, but in, in your world, loving your neighbors yourself, they can tell what's genuine in you yeah. and they're going to, basically believe what they see in you more than what they hear from you. So good. Yeah. So practical, so helpful. So, well, if you were giving advice um, to just help foster like a, a godly family environment, 
what would your three or four things, you said mm. several things here, but those yeah. maybe three or four core things that you would say, here's, here's some stuff to develop a, mm. a godly environment in your home. That's good. Um, let me see. So like I, I would reiterate, the, the first thing is staying, uh, like just a culture of love okay. in the family. So I actually have three things I wrote the other day uh, because I was feeling like some things were getting out of hand and some of our adult children came back and I was like, you know what, let's just revisit the McDowell family culture. And um, I put up there love is the first one, that we honor each other, we respect each other, we communicate well and in love, um, we're patient, all the aspects of love. And they all agreed with that and I said, I, we're, I'm going to work on this, it's our marriage, you can watch us. Uh, the other one was diligence. We want to work hard. We want to be, you know, cleaning, serving, you know, just diligence in yeah. general, hard work. And I said, I'm going to try to model this. Yeah. And what I do with my work, your mom's going to model this. And so, and the other one was fun. That's awesome. We want to have a joyful family. We want to play games. We want to, so we, every day, I think we intentionally do those things cool. when we have the free time. Um, one of the other things I just felt for parents that I didn't share yet that I think is really key is this is the like teenage years. The, one of the pieces of advice that really helped me was there's two things. One was don't freak out with the kids are really high doing or don't get too caught up when they're doing amazing and you'll get really depressed when they're really struggling and totally blowing it. Like stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Just they're your beloved son and daughter. You're going to love them. You're going to just walk in your family culture and the kingdom culture, the biblical. You're going to walk in love and peace and hope, no matter where they're real high or real low. And that's protected me on our hearts. And I've seen our stability without f freaking out when they're down here or just thinking, you know, like almost like they have to stay here. The goal is for them. But just, you know what? We're just going to have this calm as parents that's protected us and I think our kids have seen they don't freak us out too much and it helps them get back so I want to tell parents like basically don't freak out your kids are going to go up and down that's good and it doesn't reflect always on you yeah it's not your fault or your you know you're not yeah. to give them all the credit it's you know they have their own walk and then the other thing um let's see yeah I, I just felt the prayers that actually as parents my prayer as a dad over my kids I think transforms them more than all my words and I remember so my first child was in challenging times and I was like I I knew I had all the advice that she needed like I know everything you need to know just I'm, I'm gonna tell you you should do this you shouldn't <laughs> do this you should do this and I this 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 and she didn't want to hear it and it was frustrating because I'm like a teacher by nature. And my kids are like, Dad, stop preaching. You know, and, and I was processing with my friend, uh, Steve Allen, one of my best friends. And he said, Todd, you're going to do more to transform your daughter through prayer than through well, your words. And I, so I said, okay, I'm going to try that. I'm going to stop telling what to do. And I just started praying. And all of a sudden, she started coming to me. Hey, Dad, can, I, can you help me with this? Started confessing things. And I'm like, my gosh, I'm like crying because she's <laughs> leaning into me. Amazing. And that's continued to this day. Wow. I have a beautiful relationship with her and she leans into me so much because I don't just put my opinions or my advice out there. I just pray a lot. It's amazing. And so I encourage, try that. It really <laughs> works. And then also prophesying over your kids when you pray. I'll just do short prayers about like, God, what's the word for my wife? 
and I'll just get one word and I'll just say, I just speak that over my wife. And I do that for each of my kids as many days as on my best days I do that. And I feel like my prophetic prayers over them really shape them. So it's like creating, affirming God's destiny for them and prayer does it, so. It's so good, every one of those things is like, yeah, take that, that's so good. Uh, These are are so helpful, so practical. I'll let you just, we'll just finish this conversation, but just like anything else that you'd love to communicate uh, to families uh, in terms of just how they can honor God with their lives. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, You know, being in the word is essential and getting your kids in the word, you being in the word, it just is a king. It's a culture that comes in, invades your home, invades their minds, their spirits. It's another one of those things that's supernatural, not just the information they learn and the Bible verses they memorize, but actually just transforms them into another reality, kingdom reality. And, And then it doesn't matter what circumstances come and go and what they go through in their own motions and in your marital, you know, just there's this, the word of God is where we build our house. And so our family house needs to be built on that. And just continuing that. And and not, um, can't live on yesterday's manna. So you might have done awesome yesterday. Today's another day. Just That's keep. So, good. so like make this stuff a lifestyle, not an event. Yeah. Like even as a dad, we're like goals. Okay, I'm going to relive my wife once a week. We're doing a date night. But it's like, no, every day, every night. It, this is just. Good. And also I think the holistic nature of loving God, loving your wife, your kids, and excelling in what he's called you to do. I think the Western way of thinking is I'm checking it off. I did my quiet time, I kissed my wife, I blessed my kids, and it's like, okay, now I'm working. And, and okay, now I'm gonna go to church, I'm just gonna worship. But it's like, God wants us to worship 24 seven, love our wives as, all the time, responding to them in love, every text, every call, like, hey, that's not your time, honey, I already gave you love, you know, like, no. <laughs> and even our kids, I think, is a, the Western mindset. And so more of that Hebraic mindset is just, it's, it's this holistic, I'm, I'm always available to my kids. So I didn't, I'm, no, I'm sorry, I'm working, you know. Obviously, we need to be diligent, but just this, we can't just check things off a list. And then the last thing when I was praying about this, and thank you for sending me these questions, yeah. <laughs> was that I felt like the Lord saying, Todd, I want everyone to know that I'm sovereign. Mm. And we have to make choices. We set disciplines and culture, but he's sovereign and he desires us to have godly marriages. He wants our kids to be more godly than we do. He wants them to fulfill their destiny. You know, yeah. we, he created so good. them for good works. He prepared in advance for them to do. So we can't take all the responsibility and all the pressure. We need to trust that, yes, we're going through a hard spot right now in our marriage and our kids. It's really hard. But just, I felt the word rest. Just lean into God and say, you know what? You are big. You're good. You're there. I'm not their savior. I'm just their dad. I'm not my wife's savior. I'm just a husband. I'm a fellow child with her, but we have a good dad and he's going to cover. He's going to work some things out that neither one of us can work out or my kids. He's going to shepherd them. And so I just feel like that word about trust God's sovereignty. So good. So life-giving. I, <clears throat> I want to say thank you for this. The testimony of your family is full of the power of Jesus. And that's why we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for sharing so much of the real and even vulnerable and practical stuff, because that's the stuff that's going to be transformative for us. Thank you, Todd, so much for All right. Today. Thank you. It's been a joy. Bless you. Good.